Welcome back to another episode of Plan Based DFW and I'm Maya. Today, my guest is Dawn Renee. She's the founder of Traveling Caregivers, which bridges the gap between balance of life while navigating a multitude of caregiving concerns. Realizing caregiving for others can easily take you away from yourself. It ignited a new passion and desire to help other caregivers with their journey. She is also a writer and author working on her first book titled I Care, Waking the Caregiver Inside. We talk about the support that new caregivers will need, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. Currently, there are 64 million unpaid caregivers without any emotional support or resources. And you may find yourself right now caring for a loved one at home and maybe perhaps stress and responsibilities are building up. So we hope that this conversation will give you some resources and tools um, so that you can take care of yourself as well. Thanks again for listening and let us know what you think. Let's welcome Dawn Renee. So how are you? You know, we're uh, managing. It's it's definitely been okay. For us, it's kind of status quo because for the past five and a half years, we have to watch everything with our lady who we take care of because she has um, a vent. She's on it. She has a trach. I have to suction her lungs out every three hours. Wow. Um, I mean, it's it's just part of like maintaining and managing her to make sure she doesn't come down with a pneumonia that takes over. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for when this thing hit, it was, it, for us, it went, wow, everybody's going to have to start washing their hands. Great. Um, you know, it, and it, it brought a lot more focus on, on being more mindful about what we're touching and not touching our faces <laughs> and right. making sure that we're not touching our faces but for us, it's it's just more practice and more just keep doing what you've been doing. Where the challenge has been is with my caregiver. So for me, for the past you know few years, I've had a schedule down. I've got caregivers. We're on a roll. We, we work the schedule. Everybody knows what's going on. Right. And last week, uh, my main caregiver informed me that she was going to be taking care of her granddaughter while, her, while they were on quarantine. So she wasn't going to be here. So she wasn't here all last week. And, um, and then my other caregiver that would come in in the evenings has a family loss happening right now. And so I haven't had her either. And so it's just me and the husband and, (laughs) um, and we're still trying to manage to do all of the work that we do still and take care of the wife, which requires 24 hour care. So we're tag teaming right now. But, and last week he was gone a lot. So it was just me and physically, uh, because I've been doing this with her for five and a half years, I, I was able to do it the first couple of years by myself really well. And everybody kept asking me, how can you possibly be doing this by yourself? And, um, and then I got, um, I had a prolapse, um, I had a hernia prolapse from taking care of her. And so it was a physical ailment that happened from me not taking care of myself because I had stopped doing my core exercises and stopped taking care of myself. And when it came time to just making sure she was taken care of, I was literally doing it from like 10 o'clock till 11 o'clock every single day, going home, passing out, starting over the next day. <laughs> and, um, and so this whole journey started for me of, okay, caregiver must care for self too. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I started, started this whole, okay, how do I care for myself? What do I do? Where do I go from there? So for me, it's just been, it's been 
uh, an evolution of, of taking care of ourselves and then in that being able to take care of others. And coronavirus is no different than any other thing that we've had to face as far as I'm concerned. And this week we have a whole new set of skills. We're learning how to navigate without the help of, you know, the physical help of two other people when you talk about your own personal journey has been about realizing that self-care is important. But now you're back to working, burning the candle at both ends and having to try to go back and self-care. I felt bad because on the day that they both called out on me, I actually had an interview and there was no way I could do the interview. And I, I called him and I said, I'm so sorry. I hate to do this, but I have to reschedule. And I said, this is not like me. This is not normal. But yeah. I don't really have a choice right now. I'm working on, you know, 30, 30 minute intervals of, of needing to care for her uh, because she was dealing, she's been dealing with um, some kind of pneumonia or respiratory thing for the past two weeks. Okay. You know, and, and for us, you know, it's just like, well, how do I get, how do I make that better? How do I, how do I get through it? And we just kept going, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so oh. I need to be able to balance my time and the things that I have said are important to me into what, uh, into my day too. Um, and one of the things that has helped me the most is um, even though she has ALS and she's in a bed and she cannot move from the neck down, she cannot take care of herself, she cannot speak. Um, she pretty much communicates through me. Uh, we do have a communication device that she can use mm -hmm. if she wants to. Um, sometimes she doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it's tiring. Regardless of the journey that each one of us is going through, energetically, we have our own path. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, we have our own path. I, as a caregiver, as a person who's holding space to help her go through what she's going through and to help navigate, making sure she gets the things she needs in order to survive. Mm -hmm. um, also understand that I do and, and can take the time for myself to separate myself from her. Once I've taken care of her needs and she's not choking and everything's okay right now. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, okay. I can go block out, you know, however much time I have, even if it's 20 minutes, I'm going to go block out 20 minutes and I'm going to go meditate and I'm going to sit in silence and I'm not going to think about anything. And I'm just going to like let every thought leave my mind and just try to be as, as in peace mm -hmm. and calm as I possibly can. This became a huge discovery for me because uh, two years ago, I wouldn't have left her alone. You couldn't have paid me to left, leave her alone. And uh, last year um, I had a death in the family. So I had to go away for four days. Um, my sister was surprising my mother, and so I decided to also go away for another trip for four days to surprise my mother because I hadn't seen her for five years. Mm -hmm. And um, all these things that I have told myself that I have to put myself on hold so that I can take care of another person, not realizing that this person also has their own energetic spiritual journey, and I have mine. Mm -hmm. And I, I decided you know what, it's okay for me to separate myself from this person for these four days and trust that she's okay and trust the people that are around are going to be okay and trust that no matter what, she's going to navigate this in the best way that she knows how and it's going to be okay because if she didn't want to be here, she wouldn't be here anymore. And it was so huge for me and in giving me grace and permission to take a few days off um, and to try to gain some control back in my life. 
right now, your role is so important. It's so relevant um, that you yourself feeling overwhelmed is important to to talk about as well. Even though you know the steps to take care of yourself, you get caught up with everything that's happening. I would love to hear more about your own personal story and then your traveling caregivers uh, organization. A year ago, they uh, they posted the the latest. Um updates of how many caregivers, unpaid caregivers there are in the United States right now. And it's 64 million. Wow. 64 million unpaid caregivers in the United States right now, because overnight your loved one gets sick and you have a choice to make. Do I put them someplace or do I go ahead and, and try to navigate this with them? I am a huge fan of palpative care at home because there's no way that my friend Anne right now could make it anywhere else. There's no way. There's no way that she would have lasted this long. Um, you know, as far as becoming a, a caregiver, it. Um, I would say that I became a caregiver for myself. Uh, I've been trying to caregive my, for myself ever since my first episode with Epstein Barr and Mono when I was 12 years old <laughs> um, shows. And so I was around a lot of people and we were acting all around each other. And so you're always in close proximity when you're acting through stuff together. Mm -hmm. And um, also how I got chicken pox. (laughs) But but anyway, from there, um, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because I didn't realize how important that incident was for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Because it's a virus and it lives in your body and it goes dormant. And it stays in your body forever. And then as you go and you get older and you do things to yourself, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, or um, nutritionally, whatever you're doing to yourself, whatever you're taking on, whatever energies you're taking on, and energies in food too. So whatever you're taking on becomes you. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your DNA. It intermixes with with whatever is going on inside of you. Mm -hmm. and And so if there's toxicity of any kind and you start compounding toxicity on top of toxicity without knowing it because you didn't know any better, um, eventually one day your body goes, I I hear this all the time, I was fine until today. Well, no, you probably weren't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You just didn't know that there was something or you weren't paying attention to the signals and signs that something was going on deep down inside of you, whether it's your mind going crazy or whether it's your body going crazy, your body wants calm. Your, want, your body wants to be in homostasis. It wants to be chill. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling anything other than chill, then you need to figure out what's causing your body to be freaking out. So I'm prefacing this because it wasn't until 10 years ago that I really got to the bottom of what was going on because I hit rock bottom. I ended up in a bed for a month. I couldn't move. I had um, my my physical ailments that had come upon me were endometriosis, diabetes type two, chronic fatigue, migraines, allergies, um, and autoimmune issues at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was in a bed, couldn't move. My husband had to carry me everywhere to the doctor, to the bathroom. I couldn't move. I could not physically carry my body anymore. And I only weigh a hundred and. 10 pounds. So it's not like I weigh a lot. I am so shocked because in your photo, you look amazing. 
so that started my journey. I was like, and at that time, I was also a partner at a health food store. Mm-hmm. Who um, I, I thank God uh, for her coming into my life. Kathleen was an amazing woman who came into my life with all of this 22 years of knowledge of how to bridge the gap nutritionally and how to detox at least the toxicities out of my body, body physically so that I could start working on that path. Me, my journey with discovering my, my ailments and trying to get myself out of those ailments, it was a process. It was not the one-size-fits-all pill. Um, and I have now created, I'm created a journal for myself, but um, because of the journal for myself, I'm now going to make this journal available for other people to help people find their own path. So it'll have suggestions in there and exercises, uh, starting with detoxing, going through uh, identifying what might be in the body that um, you need to get rid of what's toxic, and then identifying what you're deficient in, and then identifying what you need to work on emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and reconnecting to earth and to Gaia. Everything has a purpose and a place, and when we start looking at the overall holistic picture of healing our bodies from the inside out, every single one of these things plays into the healing. It's not just the, the plants. The plants are huge. I, uh-huh. I mean, I'm a plant-based girl. Uh-huh. We do everything plant-based. Um, uh-huh. And that's what, that's what I'm finding. It's not just the plants. It's the energy of the plants that gives us energy. That's a good point. But it's all about reducing the inflammations in your body. And, you, and, and to reduce the inflammations in your body, you have to reduce the triggers. What's triggering you? For me, I've discovered that there are environmental triggers, there are nutritional triggers, there are stress triggers. <laughs> There's all kinds of triggers. So <laughs> it's all about going back to that peace of mind, doing the breathing work. And then if you really want to combat the stuff that's going on right now and you feel like something might be coming on because maybe you've been bad. Maybe you've been eating too much sugar. Maybe you've been eating too much dairy. Maybe you've been eating too much meat. And your body's like, hey, you know, just so you know, we're in the middle of a seasonal change right now and I'm trying to deal with that. And you're throwing a lot of stuff at me to deal with. I'm just saying, you know. So it's like, to me, it, it, it just makes sense now because whenever I do it, it works. Mm-hmm. So. so let's talk about traveling caregivers. That's um, from what we've said here. Um, your description is it's a grassroots hope faith based organization that bridges the gap between balance of life while navigating a multitude of caregiving concerns with health, a holistic lifestyle administration and advocacy. And that's something that yourself and your husband run together, right? Yes, we're doing that right now. As uh, And how this all started was um, after I went through everything I'd gone through physically when I started taking care of my friend um, and I realized how hard caregiving was, I came from a world of corporate. <laughs> you know, I, was a, I, was in, I was in corporate America for 14 years. Wow. And, <laughs> and doing sales and marketing. Um, Pretty wow. much since since high school, I was doing it, and so and so when I left that, um, I started doing marketing for myself, and then I found myself caregiving for people on the side, just helping people out who didn't have somebody else to help them, and um, and then as I started helping my friend Anne, I started and I was doing research. I started realizing, wow, there are so many caregivers that just got thrown into this, and then I look at her husband; mm-hmm. he's been thrown into this and um and they and the thing that i've seen across the board is that people are more concerned 
as a caregiver about mm-hmm. taking care of their person and not themselves. I realized that people were not taking care of themselves. I wasn't even taking care of myself truly until a year, a year and a half ago when mm-hmm. I started getting really deep into it. Um, and so I thought, what if I was able to share my experiences with everybody? What if I was able to help others get resources quicker? Because ALS is probably one of the most challenging things I've ever heard of, dealt with. Um, and I've, I've helped people through all kinds of things. But ALS, it can really kick your butt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you're dealing with a catheter. You're dealing with uh, a feeding tube. You're dealing with a vent and a trach. You're dealing with learning how to suction somebody's lungs. You're dealing with how to navigate the daily stuff that they're going through and try to figure out what they need, might need help with that they're not able to give themselves. Through all of that, I realized with, with her husband and everybody else that I need to be able to bridge that gap. I get it. Oh, at what point does an individual find that they have now become a caregiver as opposed to just a parent living in their home? What's happened or what I've seen happen is, oh no, mom just came down with dementia or, oh no, my sister just got Alzheimer's or I just, she just got ALS or MS. It just happened. And even though they'd been navigating through all kinds of aches and pains and this and that and everything, everybody's just going through living their day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. um, All of a sudden the challenges become so much that you realize that you have to step in and intervene because you don't really have a choice at this point. Either you know, um, the person forgot how to make toast or the person can't get out of bed anymore. And so, you know, even when my husband had to become my caregiver and had to carry me around, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, that's when he realized, oh gosh, now I'm a caregiver. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in one year I found myself caregiving in a sense, um, for two loved ones in my family. And I was between Dallas and Houston. So I would take care of one in Dallas and then drive and, um, be there for my sister during her surgeries in Houston. And it was absolutely overwhelming, overwhelming because for well, for many reasons, but seeing them in agony and in pain was absolutely painful for me, knowing that no amount of painkillers can alleviate the pain, knowing that, for example, my sister couldn't, you know, um, go to the restroom on her own, that she had to stay, she was bedridden, couldn't cook for herself, um, she couldn't work. It's absolutely draining. And I think at that time, time I didn't even realize that I had to take care of myself too you do it you did it for like so many days in a row and then all of a sudden you couldn't get out of bed one day because you're so exhausted yes once I left my sister because I had to come back to Dallas I had sort of a notebook put together for anybody else that came in and wanted to help of you know when you have to give the medication what foods to provide um, other things to keep in mind so you can answer questions about doctor appointments I even said you know you have to start recording with permission you know what the doctor is prescribing and saying because then that information gets lost from the doctor to the patient or whatever it may be so there's so much support that a caregiver needs. Yes. Right. Uh, the schedule thing is huge. Um, getting in a habit of even if you're so busy and you don't have time to put it into a calendar, text yourself something. Send yourself a text because I could always go back to my texts later that day when I had a free moment 
and I could put it into the calendar then or because that's that's exactly what was happening I was starting to lose track of everything everything was so chaotic and and then at the same time I'm dealing with a person who can't do anything and at the time when I came in to help her she was just diagnosed now granted she had been suffering with symptoms for three years prior mm-hmm. they um, so she's had it for eight years now and um, and when I came in to help her, they said she wouldn't make it through the, the night, let alone the week, let mm-hmm. alone the next six months. We're talking five years later now. So, you know, for us, <clears throat> it was about really starting to pay attention and take stock of everything that's going on. So, so sending myself a text if I need to, um, then putting it in the calendar that has now transferred into full. I've got full schedules. I've got, I've actually got a book. They call it Anne's book. <laughs> and when I bring anybody on, even if I go to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, because of her, her the way she is and because she can't speak for herself mm-hmm. and the hospitals, they'll just automatically start poking and prodding and doing what they do. I actually will literally arm cuff myself to her gurney and not leave her side. And, and if, they, if they force me to leave her side, I make them read her book in front of me and tell me that they understand everything that I would in the book because I'm not leaving her mm-hmm. because there's too much. There's too many things uh, to help her to know what needs to be done. So as a caregiver and trying to keep trying to understand what I needed to do, I had to start making notes. I started texting myself all kinds of things. And then that started into Google documents and then that got printed out into books. And now everybody's got schedules to follow. And then every day I check the schedule and see, okay, do I need to alter anything? Do I need to make any differences here? So I'm constantly doing that. You provide resources for your caregivers and um, information that you share. And you now have one on navigating the coronavirus as well. Okay, so, and ironically, this is pretty much um, my, this is navigating life for us. <laughs> really. <laughs> this is, this is, I just titled it navigating the coronavirus because for us, this was, this is how I navigate through any kind of situation when it comes to um, being antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial, trying to maintain a house that doesn't have those things that can attack her because her immune system is so weak. And so in such a place, um, it has definitely been a challenge um, to make sure that everybody's you know, wearing gloves, to make sure that everybody is, is you know, taking precautions, that we clean her bed every day, we clean the floors every day. You know, it's, it's all the wash your hands, don't touch your face. How many times do you touch your face in a day? Some other things that are great for the, the corona or for any virus that you're trying to navigate through is making sure that, you know, you're, you're eating your plants, making sure. I got to be honest with you. This is, this is the trigger but that you said earlier. Um, fighting pains and inflammations. Mm-hmm. The best way to fight pain and inflammation is to eat plant food. And I don't mean from a box. <laughs> I mean alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean I mean live plant food because and eating as clean as you possibly can. And I know people are like, "Oh, I you don't want to eat clean. I want to eat my burger. I want to eat this, I want to eat that." No, 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 no. Plants. Uh it's 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 great. Plants are great for you. They especially if they come straight from the garden and straight to your plate and you're just going to steam them or you're going to some of them you can do a lot of them you can do raw. 
Some people uh, can't handle raw, so then I always say steam them really quick or not really necessarily steam them. It's more like flash, flash steam them. Mm -hmm. Um, So keeping your body clean is your best herbal defense. That's your best er for everything. Um, I like that you mentioned um, just avoiding foods that cause inflammation as a tip here for either the caregiver themselves or the person that they're caregiving for, because many people do not have a background in nutrition and there's so much misinformation out there, but we know that inflammation is like the root (laughs) cause of so many uh, conditions or at least contribute to a lot of health problems. So just trying to reduce inflammation by by giving the, the body the foods that it needs. You want to incorporate foods that support the immune system. Processed foods are equally bad because they're not alive and they don't have energetic anything in it, in, in it anymore. It's, it's dehydrated. It's been, um, it's been zapped. It doesn't have all of the nutrients that it used to have. What I found worked was sticking to the low glycemic fruits like berries and lemons and grapefruit and greens mm-hmm. and just focusing on that. After a month of doing that and getting my body clean again, on the 30th day, I was able to put my foot on the ground and stand up. And I weighed about 100 pounds because I had lost so much weight. I just started rebuilding from that moment forward. So the detox was essentially over at that point and I started rebuilding. So there is a process. It was a detox and it was, okay, identify what I'm deficient in. Also identify what I might be sensitive to. Mm. There's a great, there's a great test out there called Everly Well. Like figure out what you're sensitive to. You don't have to go to the doctor and get poked by a bunch of needles to figure out what you have allergies to. And that brings us back to today where I'm trying to help educate other caregivers on how they can do this with themselves because nobody taught me I had to go through all of this. Yes. I, I also look at it like this. Every single day that I'm living is another opportunity for me to interact with what's going on around me and just being fully present and aware right here, right now. So all of these things are all just paths to self-discovery that I've had to do for myself. And I hope with traveling caregivers to be able to help others quickly find a bridge to them to themselves and to what they need for themselves so that they can figure out their own map and their own path that's going to be the best healing opportunity for them while they're trying to care for other people because it is a fine balance. It sure is. All this information that you've gathered, that you've learned on your own, and you put together, it's now part of a book. Is that right? It's called I Care. And it's a a journal for self-discovery. And when is that available? I was trying to have it ready by this week, but then uh, Corona, right? So things kind of got a little haywire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'm really close to being finished with it. And um, as soon as it's out, I I will send you a link to it. Everything kind of got delayed. Actually, that kind of leads me to another question that I had for you is, do you have a Facebook group or support group for caregivers? I have a Facebook, but you know what? You're right. I think I'm going to put up a Facebook group today. There will be a Facebook group for traveling caregivers. And I'll put a link on my Facebook page and on my Instagram page. What I've been doing, which is, it's ironic that we're talking about this, is I've actually been visiting other people's caregivers, especially with ALS. I go on, I spend a lot of time on the ALS um, groups and just talking about issues and helping people through stuff and offering up stuff that we've learned or things that help us or, you know, this is a time where we need to spiritually connect again and learn how to spiritually connect with ourselves and then 
spiritually connect back out with others and, yes. in a different in a different way. So Don, I wanted to mention also a f fun fact about you is that you are full of talents as well. You are an actor, a solo performer, and a speaker. I've been doing all of that, I don't know, for a long time, probably longer than a caregiver. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but my husband and I are actually in a duo called Dawn Loves Nash. I'm just so grateful that I, that I am able to sing and write songs with my husband, but that is something that we find joy in and that it brings joy to others and that it brings us together with others. Well, it would be fun if you went, if you did a live session with your husband, you know, singing and doing your duo um, on Facebook or something like that, or, or part of your support group. And a lot of our music, I will be honest, uh, is very much touched by the work we do. Everything that we do is upbeat or has a positive messaging or has some kind of a message behind it as to stuff that we've gone through. My thing is, is that we're all faced with dire circumstances and we all have the ability to help one another out and we all have a role. And that doesn't mean that monetarily everybody's got a pony up money. What it means is, is that energetically, I hope that you find your role in how you can help somebody because we all need care. Even mm. ourselves. That's so important. I like that you said that. If people are interested in learning more about the support that you give caregivers, um, what's the best way to reach you? Right now on a, um, Facebook uh, mm -hmm. or even Instagram uh, at Traveling Caregivers. So at Traveling Caregivers for either one of those is mm -hmm. ultimately the best way to reach me. I my my website is being worked on right now. You'll see my bio up on the page right now. We will have that website up and it will have ways to engage. And I will put the Facebook group on there too, so that people can just go straight to the page if they want to, to connect with all of these things. Yes, definitely. And thank you for all that you've done to put all of these resources together for people that are really kind of just been thrown into the situation, especially right now. Like I said, a lot of people will become caregivers, um, especially because they're staying home with loved ones. Absolutely. And yeah. any of the stuff that I sent you today, um, mm -hmm. the safe at home or stuck at home or the caregivers navigating Corona, if you want to offer those out to people, please feel free. Any of that stuff, if you feel like you want to offer that out to people, please free, feel free. This is free information. Yeah. This is this Wonderful. is just sharing education with people of what's helped us. Yes, you have one list that says um, if you're either, um, you know, safe at home or stuck at home, depending on how you want to look at it, <laughs> you have like the daily top 10 things that bring me joy this week. And you have a list of things, everything from meditating to drinking celery juice and playing. This is your personal list, right? Of what you do? Yeah. You have a hashtag 28 day challenge for staying um, healthy in terms of exercising as well. Yes. Um, so this week I'm doing the 28 day booty burner challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that because, one. <laughs> <laughs> because as a female, I didn't realize how important it was to keep my glutamus uh, engaged. <laughs> so uh, when you're a caregiver, you stop really, even though I'm on the go constantly, I am literally on my feet all day long. I don't rest uh, except for when I'm meditating and um you know, maybe doing PEMF. Most of the time I'm running. So, um, so yeah, I've got a lot of, of walking going on, but I didn't have a lot of focus targeting core going on. And, uh, and I realized that when I, when I dealt with the hernia and the prolapse, it was because of that right there, mm. because, because I was not, I wasn't managing my body position correctly and I wasn't, uh, managing my core correctly. So now I've discovered this body, this booty burner 
um, 28 day challenge and it is all geared towards um, uh, posterior, ulterior tilt, <laughs> pelvic <laughs> tilting exercises, core rebuilding. <laughs> awesome. Oh my. And I'd like that. It, and it definitely works because my butt's sore every day now. So it's uh, working. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much for your time. I know that you're staying busy and, um, and you also have to take care of yourself. So thank you for your time and for everything that you're doing. It's been a pleasure, Don. It was so great talking to you. Thank you so much. Do you currently find yourself in a position where you are caregiving for a loved one? If so, did you find this conversation useful? Let us know in the comments below. And again, thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.